Welcome to the Restored and Remarried podcast with Gil and Brenda Stewart. Gil and Brenda are internationally known marriage experts who specialize in remarriage and the step family. The Stewarts offer valuable principles that can improve your relationship satisfaction with the love of your life. Here they are, coach and counselors, authors and speakers, Gil and Brenda Stewart. Well, we are so excited today to have Willie and Rachel Scott with us. Uh, well, not right next to us, right? They're in Ohio, <laughs> somewhere back in the, in the frozen tundra. But, yeah, uh, right. Willie, Willie and Rachel are with Better Than Blended, and they have an incredible story and an incredible ministry, and we just want to say hey to you guys. Hey. 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 Thank you so much for having us. We are excited. So tell us a little bit about your story. So we are um, a blended family of seven. Well, we have seven children all together, ranging from 21 to two years old. And uh, we've been married for six years. And we both grew up in a blended family. The interesting part is that my blended family dynamic is identical um, to the one that we currently have. So my dad had three children. Willie had three children. My mom had two. I had two, and then when they got married, they had two together, and Willie and I have two together. So, wow, wow. So you, yeah, you, got, this, you got this down, huh? Right. <laughs> well, that experience honestly led me to wanting to experience something different because I was kind of like the art baby and um, missed out on, on quite a bit of the family life that right. most people get. So with that, it really had me wanting to be more intentional with our family dynamic, and so yeah, that's kind of yeah. how so better than it was worth. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, Willie, would you add anything to that, or do you agree? <laughs> no, I definitely would take the, the, the smart road and agree. Also, just adding to it is that, like, from that, uh, she said, like she said, it was birth the desire to see families blended because when she grew up, the the children in her family, sisters and brothers, they kind of just, just kind of separated, went their own way. Some brothers and sisters were closer to each other than others, and that's just not what we want to see happen in our household, even though they're not blood blood related per se, we wanted them still to we wanted to see them still have a great relationship. Yeah, good connection. Yeah. That's yeah. so important. So Right. Yeah. Great. Well I know today we're gonna to talk a little bit about um uh subject nobody likes to talk about, but the whole custody thing that goes on with the 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 co parenting and it can be such a stressful um, place for for couples and step families to work through. So, um, tell us a little bit about your, you know, how you experienced it, and and what how you help couples now to work through this. Yes. So, um, well, we both kind of have ex- experienced the whole custody dynamic differently, but and, and uniquely. But we both have experienced it. Um, so, from my experience, it was with the ex. And it was kind of originally just a little bit of back and forth to core over smaller things, but then um, it became a large custody battle for the children overall. And there was so much stress and so much um, frustration and just the different dynamics of emotional strain that happens as you go through a custody battle. And through that process, I began to just get different tools and gain different, not like, knowledge and experience that 
honestly, God shared with me to get me through the process. And then from there, I just began to share with other people. And so now we work together with couples that are going through a custody battle because it doesn't just affect the person going through it. It really affects the spouse, and they don't necessarily have a say-so. So whatever decisions are made, say we have to buy plane tickets three times a year, that affects the whole household. Sure. And you know, the, the spouse doesn't have a say-so in the custody battle. They just have to go along with it. And so we really want to help couples and speak to the dynamics of how to balance that emotionally, how to balance it financially, and any other way that it may be impacting them and their family. Rich, I like kind of what you're saying there about the emotions and the impact. Uh, they tend to be contagious, contagious yes. good, contagious <laughs> Not so good. Uh, speak right. to the emotions that you guys, you know, maybe one or two that were really prominent that you guys really had to tackle. Well, I would say um, for me, because I was, so primarily I was the one going through the, the harder part of the custody battle. So I'll speak from my perspective, and then um, he'll jump in and share kind of how he, oh, he handled sure it. he will. <laughs> <laughs> but I would definitely say that for me, I kind of found that I checked out of life. Not life completely, but I did what needed to be done, but I was, like, checked out, honestly. Um, wow. When the like email would come through, yeah, I pretty much. It's like when the email would come through, everything around me would stop, and I had to figure out the, the email, how to respond to it so that it didn't get manipulated and make sure that things were clear. So I almost felt like I couldn't be myself. I was walking on eggshells in my relationship with my children, and um, my husband just bear the brunt of a lot of that, although he did a good job of handling it. <laughs> Uh-huh. And for yeah, you, Willie, what happened with your, at your end while well, well, Rachel was going through all that? I'll say on my end, what um, I noticed was, like what Rachel said from her, it was just the, the fear part of it. So um, what I had to do was, was try to step in and be a mediator in that, in that area to kind of be a buffer when some of those emails would come in to relieve some of that stress some of that tension she was um, she was experiencing, but it also did cause some even some tension in, in the marriage because when you're going through when you're going through a custody battle, things such as discipline becomes a really sensitive topic, um, especially when when one parent is well, one parent is feeling like in my case I, I might have felt that she was a little more lenient during times when we need to be a little we know we needed to set some consequences in place just because of the fact that. Um, of course, they had to go to court the next day or had to go to court that following week. So you, the other spouse has to learn how to deal with that, how to see it from the perspective of the spouse that's going through the custody battle and how to um, how to know how to navigate that through that because that can, sure. it can be hard on the marriage and it can be hard on the kid. Yeah, so can you give an example of one thing that worked for you guys? Well, I, I can definitely say that I had to come to the realization that I needed to allow my spouse to help me through the process. So at first it was just me carrying everything because I felt like he doesn't understand. And so when emails would come through, he would see the impact that it had on me, but I was kind of not willing to allow him into that space because it almost felt like I was in a world all of my own. But the reality was that he was there and he was able to step in um, as that buffer. So one thing that we did was he would um, handle the email. Um, another thing we did that may seem strange, but um, he would he would get the mail because there was so much that came in the mail from the attorneys and from the um, you know the court system that 
even the thought of checking the mail became too much. Yeah, oh, we, you we were even acting got to almost like a buffer then, huh, Willie? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, we even got to the point where we swapped phones. Yeah. Right? So our, a lot of our friends, they don't call, <laughs> and they just always have the joke. They show, they just had a picture of both of us, whatever, whatever number we're in. They're like, I don't know if it's Willie, I don't know if it's Rachel. So, <laughs> so we got to the place where we actually swapped phones just because the phone calls that were coming in were actually um, – we're stressing her out. Right. And so that brings about, a whole new meaning is if I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But the, 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 what I'm hearing from you guys is that that actually for you, Rachel, was the ability to let down your guard and invite Willie in. How hard was that? It was extremely hard because there's that thought in my mind that he doesn't understand or he's not going to say the right things or, you know, um, all of those things. But I had to really realize that he was definitely my safeguard in that, you know, period. And I had to be willing to do that. And when I wasn't, I actually had to have him help me be accountable because I did kind of buck up a couple times, like, no, I want to say this this way. And he, is just, he was really level-headed through the process. And I, that wasn't necessarily because all of my emotions were involved. Sure. And so I had to be willing to realize, like, well, you're being extremely level-headed, and I'm not um, necessarily being that way. So let me see things from your perspective. So right. it was challenging. But then as I began to see the fruit of his responses versus the things I wanted to say, it was so worth it. So that had to be challenging, painful, scary, and exhilarating all at the same time. Right. Right. <laughs> So did you, you know, find that, did you find that for your marriage to be a repellent or something that actually drew you closer together? I would say it, at the end it was something that drew us closer together. In the beginning it, it acted as a repellent because we didn't know how to navigate it. Uh, and, and, and I said that because she felt that I was being too lenient. I always had a, just a, a, a response. I wasn't defending her was one thing that she said that I wasn't defending her because I would look at it from a third-party view and say, well, hey, if you say that, then that's, it's too directed or that is, it, it, it's too open or too broad. You need to kind of narrow it down and say some more specific things. Or if you say that, what's the response that you're expecting to get back? And, you know, when you're in your emotions, you don't care what the response they're going to get back. You just want to say what you want to say. But then on the other side of that, some of how she felt as far as me was founded because of the fact that, because I, I because I, I'm, a, I'm just a logical guy, kind of looking at it from those aspects, I wasn't taking how she felt in consideration. I wasn't affirming that I understood what she was saying. I could see why she would want to say that, but this is why, this is why I think she should reconsider. So once we got to that place, both got to the place where we needed to be. Then it, it started to become something that drew us closer together. Yeah. You said a really powerful word there, Willie, and that was affirming. You affirmed Rachel, or she affirmed you, or the marriage affirmed both of you. It was a combination of of both, but it but in the beginning, it was uh, me learning that I needed to affirm her. And once I started to do that, then we started to see a transition in how the conversation would go um, as far as her being receptive to me actually stepping in and handling the emails, her being willing to let those go me to handle them for a season because eventually what happened is she was in a place where she was able to take that back and handle it herself. Wow. Wow. Affirmation. What a powerful thing. Yes. 
Hey, I want to interrupt just really quick. Interrupt? We're on a roll. What are you doing? I know, but we've got something cool coming up I want to share really okay, quick. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so we are having a Valentine's Day Facebook promotion for, for Restored and Remarried. For the R&R page. Yeah. So okay. it's, it's going to run from Monday, January 30th okay. to Tuesday, February 13th. And we're going to announce the grand prize winners on Valentine's Day by 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Valentine's Day, February 14th. How could you miss it? Don't forget that. But the thing is, is you guys, you only have to do three things. Three things? Three things. So are you ready? Okay, what are they? Number one. Number one, one, uh, like our Facebook page. Number two, tag five friends to like our Facebook page. And number three. Number three is your favorite, right? Hashtag restored and remarried on your Facebook and everywhere you can think of. Any page you can. Even on your friend's back of their head. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if we'll be able to. They might not like that. (laughs) So So what what, what do they got to do? How how do they win, The more the people do these things, these three things, mainly the, you know, tagging five friends and hashtag restored and remarried. We'll pick three winners. The first winner that does the most of this, the okay, combination the winner, of those three things, right, will win one coaching session with us uh, via Skype. Free. So we'll yeah. get to see your facha and you'll get that to see would be ours. Fun, yeah. yeah. Facha okay. in Italian is your face. Second place would be getting a signed book. Okay, one and of our books. If you already have one, hey, who can you give it to, you right? You can give it away to somebody. And then the third prize will be a set of our six inspirational magnets. Yes, those inspirational magnets are actually memes that Brenda came up with, and they're kind of cool. So six yeah, of those you things. You can check them out on our website, Website, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So the more you do this, the more you tag people, and the more you use hashtag restored and remarried, the more chances you have to win. And the more you like our Facebook page. That's right. We like that. I think it's pretty simple, but the more they do that combination, the more the chances they win. Yeah, so we'll be keeping an eye on you, so uh, let's get back to the program. Thank you. So it sounds like you guys really pulled together as a team and work, you know, once you figured out kind of your new dance through this season and you came out the other side a lot stronger. Absolutely. I think that um, as a team, we were able to really... We love the word navigate because that's really what it took. We we, la- we had to learn how to navigate through some unexpected challenges and unexpected things that were brought on our path. Right. But when I was doing it alone, it, it felt completely impossible. But when I was willing to, to open up to him and to share my emotions and my feelings and my frustrations and where I needed help, I almost didn't know where I even needed the help at. I just knew that I couldn't carry it on my own, but I wasn't ready to relinquish everything to him yet. <laughs> yeah, that you kind of had to let, like you said earlier, kind of let your guard down. And right. Really right. Allow him of, in. Yeah. I took a lot of trust. Yes, absolutely. Because what I would tell him is, well, whatever we send, I'm really the one that feels like I'm going to be affected by it. But the reality of it was that it wasn't just going to be me being affected by it. It was going to be both of us, but because in my mind, I'm going to be the one sitting in front of the judge or sitting in front of the magistrate with the attorney. They won't even let you to the back. I was always kind of guarded from that sense, not realizing that he was really helping me to see a perspective so that when I did sit in front of them, I was ready for the conversations and I wasn't just speaking from opinion or from emotion, but I had facts to back me up. Yeah, it kind of helped you carry the emotion so you could get your... uh your uh, <laughs> your mind in the game and get your emotions a little out of the way. So that that's very right. difficult to navigate. So let, let's let's kind of change it just a tiny little bit here. So this is this is how it's impacting you guys as a couple, and how you've navigated through affirmation and trust. 
what happened with the kids? I mean, they're in the middle of this thing. What, what, what's, how is this impacting them? Wow. Um, at the beginning, it, was, it seemed like they were doing fine. It wasn't until they were really brought into it that there was, they had so many unanswered questions. I think there was a sense of fear there for them because they didn't know whose side to be on because it's almost like they felt like they had to pick a side. Yeah. And um, they were, you know, going through their own things age appropriate. I mean, like my, my son is um, a middle schooler, and you know what that, that's a whole other world of his own. <laughs> so he's going through all the hormones that he's naturally trying to navigate on top of trying to, because they actually were questioned and things like that. It was rough for them because they didn't know what to, what to really do, and they felt like they had to pick sides. So well, it was definitely almost, a challenge. It's almost kind of like they're they're loyal and and not wanting to betray you or their their father. Right. But here, so how did you help them? I mean, honestly, every time I directed them back to God, whatever the outcome is that God would desire, then that that's what's going to happen. I almost felt like it was Abraham and Isaac that went went up the mountain, and I felt like I was having one of those moments where would I be willing to just whatever God said in regards to the outcome, would I be willing to let him write their story? And so at the end, I would just tell them, like, well, God is writing the story however he wants it written. And so we're just going to go with the story that he wants to write. So I would just share that with them and do my best not to make them feel like they had to pick sides because the ultimate um, decision was we were leaving it in God's hands. Right. She did, she did a really good a really good job with that because there were so many times when, Things might have been mentioned or said or however uh, it went, and, and the kids would come back and, and have questions or they would, you know, they would just mention things in conversation. And she did a really good job at not talking bad about their father. Not she, And she had she had right cause to, to, to say some mean things or some bad things or some things and just kind of in a rebuttal to what was being mentioned to her. But she never, she never took that road just because, she always said, I never want to be the one to to have them look bad upon their father. I don't want them to have any type of resentment toward their father. I want them to have a relationship with their father, and I want that relationship to be good, even if me and him are not seeing eye to eye in this moment. Well, in the courtroom, uh, obviously the, the attorneys and, and <laughs> the system kind of gets in the way, but what you guys really, what it sounds like, we're trying to buffer as much as possible so that the kids didn't. Yeah, you know, I, I can only imagine a, a, a kid getting kind of cross-examined by, you know, Perry Mason or something. You know, it's kind of like, you know, who's who's guilty and who's not guilty. But you guys right, were able right. to kind of steer it away and allow the kids to still have a connection with both of you. So the right. outcome of that, you know, uh, here we are. What a couple years after? What what's what's happening now? Well, I mean, they're they're with me, and we have a really strong custody um, agreement. Um, set in place, so we have a good parenting plan set in place, and our relationship has grown. Uh, my relationship with my ex, we, we communicate really well now, um, and they get to do their visits, um, so it's, it honestly, as challenging as it was, um, it turned out to be something really good, because I think that our communication is much better now. We're on the same page about a lot of things, and it's just... the some of the things that needed to be established to help with that dynamic was set in place. So it was all worth it in the end. But I, I know that that's unfortunately not everyone's outcome. Some people, they don't get 
everything that they're looking for or, you know, in some cases the child does get given, you know, is given to the other parent for residential, and that can be very challenging. Yeah. That can be really, really rough. And them have, being able to see the dynamics of how it's a blessing on both angles can be challenging too. Yeah. Let, let me ask you a, a, a question here. What one or two things, because you made a comment that we had a really good, a really strong parenting agreement. Give me one or two components of what you think is a really strong parenting agreement. So um, one thing I would say is to have something realistic set in place based off of what's going on in your life at that time. So if the schedule is realistic to the dynamics of, what's going on in your life and what's going on in the child's life. For example, a schedule for a 3-year-old is going to look different than a schedule for a 13-year-old <laughs> because their involvement in school is different, you know. And so yeah. just taking well, all those things into consideration uh-huh. is, is huge. Um, what's something else that you would say that makes it really strong? Mm, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I, and this, this should be an easier question to answer because we, we literally – went through the parenting arrangement with, with the attorneys that we work with, and we we tore it apart. We wrote some parts, we tore it apart. So I'm trying to think off the top. Um, I want to say, like, the, um, the the visitation schedule, as far as, like, summers and, and how you set that, those things are, like, spring, how they alternate, um, it needs to be identified. And then also, even when it comes to um, – I would say it doesn't need to have too much gift because you have to know the parent as well. Um, And some parents will see a parenting arrangement and still do what they want to do. Right. And even a parenting arrangement cannot force a person to do what the parenting arrangement says for them to do. But nonetheless, there has to be some type of structure set in place if it's not followed through. Right. And I feel like a lot of parenting arrangements lack that. I would say that the parenting arrangement, arrangement also is dependent on the relationship. Mm-hmm. So if the relationship is not a – if the relationship is, is a stronger relationship, then the parenting arrangement doesn't have, have to be as detailed. But if the relationship is not as strong of a relationship or if there are very there, – there are a lot of difficulties in communicating, then I think that the, the parenting arrangement needs to be – you um, need to be more – there needs to be more structure with it. Um, and it needs to be out, not just outlined but detailed. Because in those cases, uh, whoever is not doing what they're supposed to do, that can be documented and it can be taken back to the courts to say, hey, this is what we set in place and this is not being being done properly. Right. And that way the other parent that is yeah. doing what they're supposed to do is protected. And it's a matter of, yeah, you're, that's so true, Willie, that depending on what that co-parenting relationship is, because if there's any way that you can use that, your flexibility in there, uh, without right. it being taken advantage of is huge too. I you know I know Gil and I would always say, okay, what hill do we want to die on? <laughs> How important <laughs> is it? You know, right? We knew we weren't being taken advantage of. It's like okay, we can we can flex here a little bit because it right. Just, right. Yep. just lessens the stress and not put the kid in the middle. So let me let me right. throw one more thing at you. So you're trying to build an alliance with, and in some cases. I'll just be honest. We're trying to build an alliance with, with somebody from the enemy territory. I mean, right, right. Something, <laughs> and the ability to build an alliance means we have to lay down a few things. 
what are the things that you had to lay down to be able to have that strong co-parenting relationship where there's cooperation and an alliance for the sake of the children? I would definitely say my desire to want to say everything I felt needed to be said. <laughs> that was probably <laughs> that was probably huge. Yeah. <laughs> like there were some times that um, I had to bite my tongue and, and feeling like I was right about things. And I think a lot of it had to to do also with Willie is just really really good at not at, at building relationships even when it seems like an impossible relationship. So I kind of followed through. I kind of let him show me how to navigate that challenge because it was challenging for him too, but he just he was consistent. And his consistent show of kindness and his, his consistent show of, um, well, this is still our expectation. You can't do this. We'll still honor you, but this is something you can't do. And him consistently doing that, I kind of, followed suit with that, and that was huge because originally I was combative too. I mean, you have your walls up, you're guarded, but eventually I realized that it wasn't really beneficial, and um, I kind of saw how he was gaining more territory, so to speak, in the relationship and the conversations than, than I was. So I had to lean back and not, not continue to be as combative um, just because I felt like it was coming in my direction. So. so just a couple seconds to go here, Willie, what would you say? How, how would you uh, uh, encourage people to build a strong alliance? Um, I would encourage people to build, build a strong alliance by, I know in my situation, our situation, I, just, I really try to look at the outcome of what was being said. So my, my, my thought process and theory is I'm going to always respect, uh, respect the person and I will always try to show love to the person. But I also have boundaries set where I'm going to expect expect respect back. And if you cross the boundary, if we're on a phone call and I'm respectful to you and you cross the boundary of respect, then you know what? I'll end the call gracefully. And I'll let you know, hey, I, I don't, this is my phone and you won't, you won't be able to talk to me like that. So I'm going to go ahead and end this phone call. And when you're ready to talk in a, a decent manner, then we, we can pick the conversation back up. So yeah. it's really, really building respect and relationships in that area. Wow, that's, boy, you guys have shared some just really nuggets. golden nuggets here. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, well, gosh, we're going to need to kind of wrap this up here, but let uh, tell everybody where they can find you. How can they find you? Well, they can actually find us on our website, which is uh, simply better than blended, better, T-H-A-N, blended.com. And they can also find us on Facebook, of course, and Instagram, uh, Facebook is just slash better than blended, and Instagram is slash uh, better than blended as well. Great, Excellent. and you guys have been doing a lot of Facebook Live events, which have been really cool. And what else you got going? So we also have a conference um, coming up in October um, of this year, the fifth to the sixth. So that's something that we're super excited about for blended family couples. Great. And we're getting started. Um, we have something for a professional. So we'll be having a magazine and just a partnership plan for them as well. So we're excited about all these new things coming up. Excellent. Great. Well, we just uh, thank you so much for joining us and just counted an honor to be on the front lines with you battling for step families and marriages to just really thrive and succeed and 
Have fun. Because as Brenda Thank and I you so much for say, yeah. if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing. All right, folks. Talk to you next <laughs> Thanks time. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Gil and Brenda Stewart with the Restored and Remarried Podcast. If you enjoyed today's time together, share it with a friend. And be sure to sign up for Gil and Brenda's free newsletter, subscribe to upcoming podcasts, and learn where they're speaking. It's all on the website, restoredandremarried.com. Connect on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and hashtag restoredandremarried. Plus, they offer one-on-one couples coaching with amazing results. Join the Stewarts next time as they provide more tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Remember, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing.